Hi, this is the Quantum of Podcast, Episode 1, brought to you by your host, Frank Wesley, connecting the worlds of restructuring, turnaround and insolvency, presenting you with insights, stories and ideas from the industry that helps to put businesses back on track. Quantuma is a niche practice that specialises in advising a wide range of clients and now with six offices, we are one of the fastest growing firms in the UK advising in this sector. We're here today to talk about the current hottest domestic economic topic, Brexit, its possible impact on British business and what that could all mean for the restructuring and turnaround sector. I have with me Adrian Doble, who is an established restructuring and turnaround specialist with many years' experience both in this country and abroad. He's worked in a wide range of industries in the manufacturing and service sectors and is currently seeing the effects of testing economic conditions in the Czech Republic, working with clients there in that region. He's also a business advisor, a mentor, and acts from time to time as a company director. So, Adrian, welcome. And tell us briefly some more about your background and what you're working on at the moment. Okay, well, thank you, Frank. And, um, yeah, it's a very nice introduction. I spent most of my time working outside of the UK over the last 10 years, right up until 2011 when the restructuring market went very flat and the, the US investors basically stopped investing. But before then, I'd uh, been out in Hungary, as you say, Czech, Germany, Italy, Spain, pretty well everywhere, the US as well and China. Um, and then really since 2011, the UK market has had sporadic activity in uh, areas such as, um, well, initially when fuel costs were high in areas dependent on fuel. So I did a big project in uh, rail maintenance where they use a lot of, uh, a lot of fuel and transport costs were very high. Um, I'm a fellow of the Institute of Bankers, uh, that's my early career. I helped then set up the early restructuring profession, uh, joined the Institute for Turnaround, on day one, and I'm now a director of the Turnaround Management Association. I'm working on various um, projects. Um, it's a it's a difficult market. Um, looking, I've always advised, but in a very hands-on way. So I'm lean and six sigma trained, um, and have tried to take operational roles. But I made a decision to come out of advisory work and uh, join leadership teams in companies. That was last April. So I've been involved in a number of businesses at board level, most re recently uh, an aerospace business where I'm hopefully going to be their chairman uh, shortly. How does that help? That's excellent. That's very interesting and a very impressive and varied CV. Part of this podcast is to discuss the effects of Brexit on the restructuring and turnaround sectors. So for listeners who might not be familiar with these terms, just briefly outline what those sectors mean to you. I've thought a lot about what turnaround is over the years, and there's one overriding distinguishing factor, and that is that management cannot be expected to be expert in everything that they do all of the time. I've watched banks and investors back good management teams only to say three or four late years later, you know, they're not good enough. 
what they're actually saying is that they're out of their skill set. And it's, it's very different to build a business juggling 10 balls. I admire those people. Turnaround is about prioritizing maybe two or three things that bring back focus in the minds of people that are generally stressed, anxious. And do you know, anxiety creates irrational behaviors. And that's what people see in the marketplace. Um, so basically, uh, it, it's, it's hugely mentoring. Um, it's massively about persuasion and helping people reverse decisions that maybe were not the best, but they've become wedded to over time. That's very helpful. Thanks, Adrian. So moving on to the Brexit topic, and as we start to grapple with the reality of the government's referendum rapidly approaching, let's talk about the risks and opportunities for British business which an outvote might bring. Of course, we all know that we're an intrinsic member of the EU, but a no vote could change this overnight. The impact will be wide-ranging in the extreme. How do you see the immediate consequences of Brexit taking shape? I think we're already seeing it, Frank. Um, what the major feature uh, going... And, and there is precedent here. If you look at <clears throat> what happened in Scotland during the run-up to the referendum they had. Uh, you couldn't sell a house. Nobody would buy your house. Um, businesses could not get funding. There was a huge uncertainty around the whole future of Scotland. I wouldn't say that's been mapped here, but we are seeing big consequences uh, in the financial market. So the bond markets are beginning to tighten. Large corporates are finding it much harder to raise corporate debt at rates of interest that are attractive enough to expand their businesses. And I, and I see that continuing. Um, I see that continuing through, through the vote. And unfortunately, what we've got now is a situation where most of the issues on the table are legal and political. And it's created such a schism in society that it, the whole issue of Brexit had it not been for this uh, referendum and the issues of immigration, I think we would have breezed through and stayed in the EU without any problems. Now we're seeing this uncertainty, we're seeing the impacts on, on business. Thanks, Adrian. And that's interesting and useful, but let's drill down a little bit more. It would, of course, have a dramatic impact on businesses in Britain if Brexit occurs. And of course, we have the European headquarters of many global companies who come here just because of our EU membership and the opportunities that that offers. I think that if we were to leave the EU, we may become less attractive to foreign companies as a trading centre, those companies who are looking to exploit our access to European markets. And for example, business supply chains. With the logistical ease and financial benefits of operating in the EU, what steps do you think businesses uh, would need to take or would be able to take to safeguard themselves in case this very uh, important aspect of the infrastructure is jeopardised? Yeah, I'm going to agree and disagree with you on this one, Frank. I think the biggest uh, single threat to UK PLC is not just Brexit, but also a breakup of the union. If Scotland were to leave, we would be very minor players on the world scene. Um, 
So I'll park that, come back to businesses. I, I, we're not going to leave the European Union on one day and find ourselves cast, cast adrift. There will be transition and large businesses probably don't know what they're going to do. So small businesses can't really be expected to know how it will affect them. But I think, you know, we've seen this before. We've seen upheaval. You've seen the breakdown of the Soviet Union. There's precedent, or, you know, but life goes on. So I think smaller businesses need to follow. Bigger businesses need to leave. But clearly, the financial sector is going to have a massive and potentially unknown impact. And that affects the availability of credit for smaller businesses. And I think the other thing that is potentially likely to happen to Britain if it leaves is that our cost of borrowing will go up. And if credit is more expensive, then smaller businesses are going to get hit. There's no question about that. Great. Thanks, Adrian, for that. Let's drill down a little more into aspects that might flow from Brexit for businesses. And let's touch on the export market. And our export trading conditions would also shift as a result of Brexit. Of course, about 50% of our exports go to EU countries and trade barriers are significantly reduced as a result of our membership. If we leave, the costs of importing and exporting will no doubt increase and the whole bureaucracy will become much more complex. A significant backward step, some might say. Existing international trade agreements could just go out the window and they'd have to be renegotiated across EU and non-EU markets. So, moving on from that, what impact do you think Brexit could have on our position of influence globally? Well, we pay for all our fuel costs in dollars, and I think that, that exchange rate is massively important to us and is often underplayed. But let's focus on Europe for the moment. Um, Wise commentators are predicting a fall in sterling. Uh, the irony here is that that would make our exports more competitive and potentially inflate our economy, um, which is exactly what we need. We've been struggling along. Uh, QE has not worked uh, other than to hold back deflation temporarily. And um, I think that uh, in, the f in the first instance, if it was cataclysmic, if our currency was devalued, we would see inflation coming back into the system and borrowing costs rising to, to match that. That can't be good for, for businesses generally. What we've got at the moment is quite a stable outlook. Um, in respect of uh, the exchange rate with the dollar, clearly oil is the biggest single cost of production for most businesses in the UK. And again, if our, if our exchange rate declines so much against the dollar, then you know, we, we, will be in, we will be in difficult territory. Yeah, that does sound to start to get a little bit scary, doesn't it? Another issue, of course, arising from Brexit is that of free movement, movement of labour, which allows British workers to work elsewhere in the EU and also UK businesses to employ staff from other EU countries. Immigrant workforces is another hot topic in itself, which we won't venture into at this stage. But I think that the pool of candidates could materially reduce if Brexit occurred. 
would we still be able to employ the best person for the job? So the question in that regard, I think, is what effects do you see arising from a restricted movement of labour? Um, it won't stop people applying for visas to come into the UK as they used to. And certainly in the financial centres of London, that I don't think will have much impact whatsoever. So firms sponsoring their overseas workers to come here will deal with that. What we've, what we've clearly benefited from in the UK, despite many protestations to the contrary, is a supply of, low, of uh, high quality and low cost labour from, in particular, Poland and the Central European former Eastern Bloc countries. Um, I think the asylum issue is, is major politically, but in terms of its financial consequences, uh, it's tiny. Um, and I think that you know all this effort that is focused around this smaller area of, of activity is, is a bit of a red herring. Um, I think that life will go on. Uh, people will stay here and that are already here. It will just slow down the flow of people that will be coming to this country. But it won't stop the, the flow of people, which is part of our culture. Good. And that's obviously going to be reassuring, I think, for business owners and investors. The last scene-setting point I want to touch on is the legal implication of Brexit for businesses. Of course, Britain can leave the EU, but EU law and directives are integrated into our legal fabric. I think we'd have to identify those parts of EU regulation that would need to be retained or repealed. Their implications for individuals and businesses of as both, of course, have rights and obligations via the EU, such as the Working Time Directive. So whilst neither of us are lawyers, nevertheless, the legal side of the implications of Brexit is something that businesses can't ignore. So how do you think they could prepare for such a legal upheaval? <laughs> Hire a lawyer. Um, this whole European debate at the moment is around sovereignty and law. And it is clear that we don't have sufficient control over our law. But what we do have are very vigorous lawmakers in the UK. We embrace pretty well everything that the EU comes out with, with a, with a rigour that very few other countries work with. Um, in, in a future scenario, I think we'll still do that. We'll still be a bureaucratic-looking country. Um, I don't think whether we're in Europe or out of Europe, it will make much difference. And I think that what we need to learn as an, uh, a nation is how to interpret law practically instead of from the point of view of black or white. Yes, that's interesting. Thanks, Adrian. So let's turn the debate to the restructuring and turnaround sector where you spend your professional time. What effects are we likely to see arising for those professionals from Brexit? Will we become busier as a sector? Will UK PLC need help in ways not currently being provided? Is there going to have to be a change in training and skill set for those professionals providing restructuring and turnaround services? How will the banks and other financial players respond to challenges faced by British business? I know you touched on that briefly earlier. And what strategies will become paramount in the short term for chief restructuring officers 
So many questions. So how do you see that side of things taking shape for the restructuring and turnaround professionals? I think um, what the, the restructuring profession is very mature. It's probably more mature in Britain than anywhere apart from the States. Um, and a lot of company officials now have gone through one, two, three restructurings over time. So I think at the finance level, uh, we've got very highly skilled finance directors across UK PLC. They know about working capital management and the things that used to make up turnaround uh, skills. I think the, the issues for turnaround professionals is how they mentor, how they manage talent in companies, how they take businesses not through bloody restructurings, but through um, change of direction by using new technologies, such as disruptive technologies. I think the whole source of funding issue will go on for many years to come. I think banks have isolated themselves to the position where, worst case, they're, they're they're not first choice anymore uh, for borrowers. I think the uh, alternative lending scene is set to grow. It will have problems, but it's at 4.5 billion already. I think private equity is reinventing itself. And I think that you know, the sources of finances for businesses in trouble are varied. This revolution has been quite debilitating for turnaround professionals because it's allowed management to put out put off the evil day or bring in skills that are very different to the skills that we grew up on and I think therefore that the turnaround profession is is probably needs to reinvent itself as something else uh, transformation has been put forward as, as, as a new coined phrase I think that um, there is a case to say that, to, that the turnaround profession will morph into just good business as usual management where these skills are required on a daily basis because the, the forces that are hitting companies are so much more varied than they were just five or ten years ago when the bank manager woke up with a sore head and your, your credit was turned off. Now it's a whole range of stakeholders and so the skills need to change with it. That's very useful to learn, Adrian. One point that was occurring to me whilst you were talking was what could flow for businesses who really start to struggle as a result of Brexit, those that actually start to verge to move towards the position of insolvency. The statistics for a company insolvencies over the last few years have declined to a stage where there have been flatlining for a period of time. What do you think might happen to corporate insolvencies as a result of Brexit? I think you are experiencing in the insolvency profession the same issues that I just highlighted, and that is that skills are rising in companies, rescue skills, in-house, uh, alternative sources of funding to put off the evil day. And some companies turn around naturally because they've, they've raised new funding, given a, a fresh start. Um, the insolvency profession has been reinventing too. The use of the pre-pack um, 
is, is expanded. The use of alternative uh, ways of um, restructuring finances of companies has become much, much more sophisticated. Most businesses, I understand, are sold out of insolvency as going concerns. And I think, therefore, that what's happened is that the insolvency of a company has become a tool to, to reconstitute that business. So the old days of trading insolvencies, whilst, whilst we still see them, and we're, we're seeing one now with Brantano, the footwear business, the reason for that insolvency is to transfer ownership of a business that is then cleaned out and restructured. So I think that the insolvency professional just gets needs to get smarter and smarter. And, uh, you know, the days have gone when they can expect to receive businesses uh, coming into insolvency falling off a tree. Does that help? Uh, it does. And it's interesting to hear uh, the views from the turnaround sector as to what might happen to uh, the rate of company insolvencies should Brexit occur. So, anyway, let's close off this podcast now. Uh, in summary, we in the UK have become much more interdependent on our European counterparts, despite the negative media stories that we regularly read about the negative aspects of EU membership. It's at this time that we need to consider why Britain joined the EU in the first place and work together to take the country forward in whichever direction the vote ultimately goes. Thanks to you, Adrian, for coming along to our London offices in Hoban and your valuable thoughts. It was a pleasure speaking with you, as always. We'll watch this issue develop together over the next few months. So I'll sign off now until the next Quantum Podcast. Thanks for listening.